0: Welcome to your next step of the self-publishing mountain. I'm Matilda Swift, author of Quintessentially British Cozy Mysteries. And I'm Samantha Cummings, author of young adult books about magic, myths and monsters. I've written the books, changed their covers, tweaked their blurbs, tried tools from a dozen ads courses, and I'm still
1: not seeing success.
0: Now we're working together to plot and plan our way from barely making ends meet To pulling in a living wage.
1: Join us on our journey where we'll be mastering the pen to snag that paycheck.
0: Hello and welcome to the Pen to Paycheck Authors podcast. I'm Sam Cummings here with my co-host Matilda Swift and we're here to write our way to financial success. We are two indie authors with over a dozen books between us and still a long way to go to the quit the day job dream. If that sounds familiar, listen along for our mastery through missteps journey. Each week, we will cover a topic to help along the way. This week's topic is going to be year goals. But before we get on with that, we're going to do a little bit of an introduction because this is our
1: very first episode. So, Matilda, tell me about yourself. Thank you, Sam. I'm very excited to be here. So I am Matilda Swift. I write quintessentially British Cozy Mysteries. Uh, I've been writing Cozy Mysteries since... 2019 I maybe even started in 2018 I have been writing for a long long time and I it took me a long time to figure out that every single book I wrote had a murder in it um, and a murder mystery of some sort even when I thought it was a whole different genre and I finally I have a a very good friend who's a um, self-published author as well and she said did you know there's a big genre on Amazon called crazy mysteries I did not it's not as big in the UK as it is in the US for some reason um, so when I looked into it, I realized, oh, I have written a cozy mystery, so I should publish it. So uh, that started my Head Bell Mysteries, and those are set in the Peak District, um, one of my favourite parts of England, which is like really rural, rolling hills, lovely farmland, absolutely beautiful, and it's set in a small village where somebody sets up a, a sixth form college, and there's kind of a bit of uh, conflict there because nobody wants this big school there, um, and She's an outsider uh, and she doesn't know much about farming. And then, you know, she starts detecting and finding bodies um, and finding (laughs) out what happens. And I have that. And then I have another series as well. That's about um, someone who runs a sort of more like a diner or a greasy spoon, we call them in the UK. Uh, And in the back, there's a secret detective agency and it's just a little detective agency. They they find things like missing jewels, um, maybe even lost pets. And then somebody dies and they have to find out what happens. So really, <laughs> Another body. very, very culinary cozies. I'm in fact going to start a new series <laughs> that is even more of a culinary cozy. So again, that's sort of a sub-genre that I've fallen into by accident. Um, but yeah, as, I, as I've been writing since 2019 or publishing since 2019 on these, I am about to put out my 11th book. I've got a couple of novellas and a short story collection within that. Um, And I'm definitely 100% a cosy writer. I'm sticking in that genre. I think that's maybe the only thing that I have done along the lines of, you know, the received wisdom, what you're meant to do as as an indie author, is I've stuck with one genre um, and I love it. Um, But there's still a long way for me to go to see self-publishing success. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about that with you. Tell me about yourself, Mm -hmm.
0: Sam. Well, I have been self-publishing since 2016, but... I did the bad thing and dipped into different genres. <laughs> so I started with um, a little bit of like a, a novella series which is um, like a young, not even a young adult, more like middle grade about a young girl mm-hmm. in 1930s Hollywood and there's all magic and monsters and demons. Um, and then also have a novella series which is like an urban fantasy about seven brothers living in New York and they are the human embodiments of the seven deadly sins (laughs) you know just for fun Um, and then yeah and then I have also got a like a standalone young adult book and I've just started um last year my young adult werewolf series so I've kind of dipped in and out of different things but young adult is really my bread and butter it's like the whole thing the whole reason I wanted to write in the first place and it's taken me a long time to realise that's what I should be doing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, my whole thing is magic, monsters and myths. So that's the path that I'm going down from now. So, um, yeah, werewolves, monsters, all sorts of things. I've got lots of books that are coming up that I'm very excited to
1: find success with, hopefully. <laughs> no, yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I moved back to the UK uh, at the very start of the pandemic, so I moved back in 2020. Is that correct? That feels like a long time ago. So I used to live yeah. in Hong Kong. I lived there for about eight years, and that's where I got into self-publishing. That's where my friend lives, who is um, also self-publisher. She is a sci-fi fantasy writer, and I, there's a great writing community there. A lot of people there are really dedicated to their passions. So I absolutely love living out there for that. When I moved back to the UK, it was a pandemic. I knew no writers here. It felt very isolating, and it really took me a long time to try and get back into a writing community. Um, and then I found that I have a mutual friend who knows Sam, and mm-hmm. we sort of connected a bit online, and then we did some writing critiques. And then uh, a couple of months back, we both realized we have the same goal that we want to quit our day jobs to become full-time writers, and we just absolutely figured out we're on the exact same path. We want to have a mastermind group. And I think if you haven't really thought about much about a mastermind group or a mastermind pairing, really it's the idea of looking for somebody who's at your same level. Um, or you can be at, you know, just slightly different levels in different areas, but there should be somebody who is able to share your journey from now onwards and you work together and collaborate, not necessarily on books, not necessarily in your business, but just on ideas. Um, and you might get some co-writing out of that or you might not Um, so we formed a little mastermind group and we meet once a month face to face for a whole day session and then we meet once a week for an online session and we both realized that we wanted to have podcasts, so we we love the idea of it we both love podcasts but Mm -hmm. also we both realized that we listen to a lot of podcasts and that there are plenty of podcasts that are by people who are already successful who are 10 years into a success journey. Often they're interviewing people who are further back than them, but it's very reflective. It's very much people saying, I can sift through everything I tried and I can find the thing that did work for me. And it's really hard to be somebody who's further back and not knowing what's going to be successful, not knowing what to try, what's worth trying. So we really want to have this podcast to Go through all the steps and see the things that we do wrong and talk about what went wrong with that with that. And so that hopefully people can listen and see, oh, I know why that went wrong for them, but I think it'll be right for me and I want to try it. Or just help people shortcut when they're not sure which of the 10,000 possible things you could try, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which of those things you might actually want to give a go yourself. Or you can listen to us and think, actually I've I've heard them, I've heard Sam and to try that and it's it's not it's not always right for someone at this stage of the journey. I'm going to pick something else, Um, you know, and and hopefully I think at some point we would look at maybe getting more of a community around this um, or just letting people listen in and hear our hopefully fast and speedy and fun journey to success. (laughs) (laughs) So as you said, every week we pick a topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Every week we pick a topic that we think is going to help us towards the goal of becoming successful full-time authors. Um this week, our topic that we picked is uh, year goals. So we're right at the start of 2024, um, and we really wanted to treat this as a year where we make big changes. So as such, we wanted to put together year goals. Um, so we're just going to talk about that and give you some ideas of how we thought about it, where we changed our minds, how it might help you figure out your year goals, uh, and what has maybe gone not so well that you can learn from. So Sam, tell us about your... <laughs> Uh, work this week and making your year goals and how it's gone for you.
0: Yes, so this week um, was really all about like going into inside (laughs) and trying to Mm -hmm. figure out like who am I as a writer and what does that mean like for the future. Um, So we both started a course which started on the 1st of January which was with Orna Ross and it's the Creative Planning for Indie Authors um, course, which.
1: And just is... I'm just going to interrupt. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Orna Ross is, you know, the head of Ally. She runs Ally, the Alliance of Independent Authors, mm-hmm. which you should join if you're a self publisher, kind of anywhere on the journey. They do podcasts, they have lots of free resources. If you get banned by Amazon, I know that they are an excellent resource. You should go to them and they will help you figure out your next steps. So, Orna runs that. She founded it and um, she also runs. She has a great Patreon where people collect together. You can join the free tier and just share your goals. You can join and do all sorts of other planning things. And she has the Go Creative planning process, which is, she's been running that for a couple of years as well, a year-long program where you're really focusing on professionalizing your self option business. Um, so, yeah, so yes. we're both doing the Orna Ross program. How have found that?
0: Um, like, mind-frazzling. <laughs> uh, I, the way that my brain works is very, like, non-linear. I am a very scatterbrained person um so i i'm usually just like go 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 just working from one thing to the next and never really planned that far ahead mm-hmm. uh, not like to like the minute details but this plan that we are going through um is quite like it's really drilling down into like the nitty-gritty which is completely out of my comfort zone so i've really enjoyed it because it's teaching me how to be a lot more intentional with what I'm doing which is amazing because I would never have thought to um to set myself like not just like goals for work but goals on like how to rest more and like I I do usually use like quarters for setting up goals and stuff but um yeah it's just like a lot more in depth so that's what I've been working on this week and it's it's been great (laughs) But I don't feel like I've made you, that much progress.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you set your year goals yet then? Or just started thinking about the, the enormity I, of the task?
0: I've filled the boxes in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know what, I already knew at the start of the year, or at the end of last year, what things I wanted to publish this year. So it's really, my whole thing this year is trying to work out my timings. So if I want to publish three books this year, my, my whole thing now is trying to figure out, like, well if I want to publish this when do I have to do the steps before it so that's really my my big thing at the moment um so I've not quite nailed it but I have started to think about it so I think that that's that's progress (laughs) for me that's
1: like yeah is there anything from looking at it from from on system or from kind of things that we have talked about in the mastermind sessions that have kind of helped you plan the year slightly differently to the way you might have done it before um it's not changed the there are books that i
0: wanted to do but it's definitely made me think more about planning in marketing and this um also this thing with Orna's course is that we have like she talks about three hats that you wear so you've got your maker hat your marketeer's hat and your manager's hat um so it's just looking at writing as like a three-part business and that that's really helped me categorize things better than i ever would have done and really take time to think about, well, you know, you're going to have to run ads and set up finance things and, and, you know, market things differently to how you were doing it before, which isn't, is mm-hmm. basically nothing. Um, so it has, usually all of my planning and stuff is just like a jumbled mess and I've managed to put it into neat, <laughs> neat boxes, mm-hmm. which, yeah, like I, I've enjoyed it. It's been difficult. My brain hurts, but I'm feeling happy and, I'm still raring to go, which is probably the best thing you can ask for after a week full of just, like, using your brain for stuff that you don't, don't usually use it for.
1: I know it's, it's interesting to think about those three hats. So I know one thing that Orna really talked about. So I went to her kind of kick-off year session um, a few days ago, and she's going to do sessions at the end of every month from now on. So at the kick-off session, there was a lot to talk about the three hats and kind of interchanging them. So figuring out how they work together rather than, write the book as the maker then think about how to market it and I know there's a lot of things on the indie author you know process a lot of things that I talked about that are to do with write to market without necessarily much of like what does that mean Mm -hmm. have you managed to plan your year in terms of like putting those hats together and really thinking how you will rather than just stay on the hamster wheel of like write the next book write the next book um Mm -hmm. what what maybe have you thought about in terms of professionalizing the process and making it that you are writing with thinking about all three of those hats the the maker the manager and the marketeer
0: so far like I had a bit of a revelation yesterday because I have been writing every day this week which has been like I didn't think I'd really get much writing done this week but I've like hit I've done about 11,000 words this week which is on top of everything else pretty good for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then on Saturday, I thought, oh, on Saturday, I'll have a great writing day. But I started doing manager stuff. So I put my manager hat on and started thinking about finances and budgets and, mm. and realized that if, I need, if I'm going to take this all as seriously as I want to, then the manager's hat for me is like a huge step in, in that direction. Um, and I, I need to take at least one day a week to just do management stuff so that is something that I've realized just this week and something that I'm going to have to build into my plan going forward is like the managerial parts are just as important as the maker parts Mm -hmm. um you can't you can't continue doing the maker parts if you don't have your manager hat on at some point um which has been like that's that's really where I feel like I've been failing a lot of the time in my journey is never putting a manager's hat on and I'm sorry,
1: I keep saying, I keep talking about the hats, but
0: that's how I visualise it. it now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I think it's hard when you become a self-publisher because there isn't, especially at the beginning, there isn't a big push to put the manager hat on. There is a big push mm-hmm. to just complete the first book, write the first book, and then you should really have the first three books to like rapid release those together. And then you need more books to keep coming uh, Mm because your audience expects those. And you just end up on, like I said before, like this hamster wheel idea of write the next book. Like that is the big advice that you just see in all the forums. You hear a lot, you know, whenever you're asking questions of like, how do I find success? I've written X number of books, but I'm not really getting any readership. The advice is always write the next book. Um, And I think people who are saying that are well-intentioned but they're often not really considering the fact that they maybe are very good at the management side or they're very good at the marketing side. And to them, it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like a thing they have to very, very consciously work on. Or they have got processes in place that are so clear now because they're 20 books down the line, that they don't really see what they're doing. And just write the next book is, it, it doesn't feel like productive advice to everybody um no especially and that, when you've been, got to
0: consider burnout
1: yeah yeah definitely and I know the pandemic has really made people feel more conscious of that and like experience burnout more than ever um but mm-hmm. I I think so I was also working on my year goal this this week and I sat down and but I, I always did I felt in fact proud that I did it slightly better so what I always do is I look ahead um at the year and I think of the books I want to publish and plan in my writing time and my editing time, my proofing time when it goes to the editor, when it comes back, how much time it takes to format it and upload it. And I put all those in for the year. I want to start a brand new series, which I know takes longer than continuing the series. So I even proudly gave myself a little extra time for that, thinking I'm not going to be fooled this time into over scheduling <laughs> myself. I also even put in time to write short stories for my previous series or my existing series because I don't want my readers to think I forgot those when I'm trying to get three books out in a new series. So I did all that, and I thought I was slightly disappointed because I actually wasn't going to get three books out this year if I do all that. I was going to get one book out this year, and I've already got a book scheduled to come out from an existing series. I was like, well, that'd be two. That's a bit not great. I want to try and get four in, but as long as I'm setting up something new that feels like I am, you know, on the right track, so I'll have those three books coming out, you know, starting into this year and then two at the beginning of next year. Great. And then I went to this workshop with Orna, So all of us did the kickoff session, which was two and a half hours long, incredibly exhausting um, because I have a day job still. And so I'd done my day job and then it started immediately after the day job, two and a half hours of this. Of listening, of doing exercises, of thinking about financial aspects, of thinking about mindset things, of hearing fantastic information. You got to ask a lot of questions it, the question part was really good the, like it was the same few people often asking the questions but they were really voting what everyone was thinking so it worked really well and I want to manage it very well I would really um recommend anybody at this kind of stage to do some something like that like whatever program works well for you um just to do something where you're having to maybe work someone else's system that that forced you to question your own system because I would say I have this year plan in okay. place and I think about all the hats thinking about how to get my marketing hat in place. And I was like, okay, I've, I've got this idea of the new series I want to write is, is deliberately more to market. And I really took all the things that I love, all the things that readers love, and found the magical middle ground that you're supposed to find that gives mm-hmm. you books to market. Um, and then somebody was asking Orna about, so she's got a big profit first idea, a big profit first mentality which can be really hard for indie authors. There is a book called Profit First, who I can't remember who wrote that, so I haven't written that down, but it's the only book called Profit First. You will know when you see, it's a big, big book. Um, there's a book called Profit First, which a lot of people have read um, in the indie author community, it's often referenced. Um, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, and I've read it and I have implemented nothing from it because it seemed very complicated and it's it's a general business book. So it's about bigger things than self-publishing. But Orna has kind of a simplified idea, profit first, which is really setting yourself up as you need to go on. So give yourself something like a loan from your personal finances, not taking out an actual loan, but just say, I've got savings. And I put that lump of savings into a bank account that I, I save my business fund. And then taking from your profits from your books or from your income, from your books, an amount of money that is salary, an amount of money that is business dividends, an amount of money for taxes, an amount of money for business reinvestment, even though you're really taking money from your business loan to yourself to do everything else, you should still be setting up these, this profit first system. So that was already really, really helpful to think about because I it helped me think about it more freshly about my year plan. And I was thinking, okay, if I were thinking about giving myself a business loan from my savings, and I use my savings already, I use my savings to pay for my cover designer, I use my savings to pay for my editor, but I don't ever have to. Question: Whether I'm going to spend that money because I either have it in savings or I don't, and so I either do it or I don't. I'm never thinking about it as a business decision because I I don't have to. Whereas if I gave myself a lump sum loan into an, a special dedicated account, like I said, like this is where I'm going to say this is one year's worth of self-publishing um, investment, and I have to decide how to spend that money in every pot. You know, if a course comes up, I want to do. If I want to rebrand my covers whatever I want to do has to come out of that pot and I have to make the business argument. So that was really helpful to think about. And then someone, when we're talking about that, was saying, I find it really hard to think about a profit first mentality because I don't make any profit. I've got, mm-hmm. I can't six or eight books, but a good number of books. I've got maybe eight books and I don't make a profit. I want, I've got a new series I want to start. So this wasn't my question, but it felt very much like it was my question. Um, <laughs> I've got a new series I want to start does that mean that I can't start the new series or do the covers or whatever it was because I don't have any profits? And like, you know, how do I, do I take a bigger business over myself to do that? And I know what it says and I really haven't heard people say before, which is that if you have eight books out and you're not making a profit, maybe don't write more books for now. That shouldn't be necessary, your necessary next step. You should be thinking about how to get marketing systems in place to sell your books before you just keep writing more books which I think it felt initially counterintuitive and in like it's the opposite of write more books it's the opposite of just write the next book mm-hmm. but in a way it definitely isn't or it didn't come across to me that way and I don't want to necessarily misrepresent what she's saying but this is what I heard from it and I, I think that often what you hear from something is is just the right message for you not necessarily what somebody actually said so what I heard from it was it's not about Write the next book or don't write the next book. Is that make sure when you write the next book, you have got a marketing system in place to sell that book. And it might be that you need to just a little bit of work to figure out. You know, I'm missing this step. I should spend just maybe like a few extra weeks on this step before I think about finishing those books. But for me, I have got about to have 11 books out, and I feel like I don't have a marketing system in place or I don't have sufficient marketing systems in place because I get really lovely reviews from the books, and I have got a good mailing list. And I get good open and click through rates. And I have tried advertising and I've made them break even on Facebook ads, but not make a profit. I have tried lots of things and I feel like I'm close to a lot of things. But I am not, I don't have the marketing systems in place to launch a new series. Unless I am very lucky. So if I could, by luck, release this new series, it just sparks. I could do that and it it feels like that's one way to do it. That's sort of the way that a lot of people seem to be writing is like just hope that luck sparks your next series off, and then you've got a backlist, and people will buy that backlist, and then you'll be quids in, then you'll be rolling in the money. Um, but, but I do think owners, like I, I think owners, answered that question really struck a chord me because I'm currently taking time out of writing to rethink really about strategy and business things, and I do need a better marketing strategy a better publishing strategy in general before I think let's just write the next book (laughs) yeah
0: yeah no I um I feel that deeply (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. and I think
0: that's um a bit of a universal truth for a lot of indie authors because the marketing element is really like the seemingly the most difficult part and it it shouldn't be but it is for whatever reason Mm -hmm. it's like you say like a lot of it does feel like it's down to luck but also, probably it's not down to luck it's just about having a good system in place, but where do you learn the system so mm. yeah it's like it's I can 't wait to watch because I didn't get to watch the the live stream of that I'm looking forward to getting the catch up and and having my brain melted as well and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing what I get from that um, yeah that's um, it sounds very good. it also sounds very very much like what our next topic is going to be mm-hmm. for next week because we're going to be looking at our own marketing audit um yes <laughs> so that's going to be looking at what we've done so far if we've done
1: anything um and like was it worth which it, we have um, right i think we talked about when we the topic is yes we yes. have both done things and it is worth that we're thinking what do i think of as marketing rather than like that's the good what question. have I just tossed an attempt at. I think it can feel like I've just tried mm. a bunch of things that I don't know if they worked. And maybe they really did and they cost you no money. And maybe they yes. absolutely would tanked and you spent load of money and it wasn't worth it. Um and I yeah. think so much of this like idea of it being luck and just write the next book and see what works for you can just feel like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And don't even and take time with that. Back.
0: Yeah. But the thing with the spaghetti thing is that there's going to be a certain percentage of people where that does work. And that's great. I'm so happy for people mm-hmm. that that find the right hook um, or the right cover or just like do the right something that gets them like that immediate success. But that's not the reality for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you think it is, as much as the whole competitive nature of um, of the online system um, and you know, like comparisons and stuff makes you think that everybody's doing better. Why am I so bad? Um, And it's not. (laughs) If that's how anybody listening to this feels like, um, like the whole imposter syndrome thing, you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah, I was really think
1: about this earlier that it is, self-publishing is a really female dominated industry and a lot of women, you know, not, not university, but a lot of women are, less in the workforce than men um, and that they might look like they're writing full-time or they might just not discuss their their day jobs or they might be very very busy with caring responsibilities that they wouldn't necessarily talk about there is a lot of people just not talking about their struggles and they can look like they are full-time writing but really they have Mm. an enormous weight of other responsibilities that they don't discuss and there may be in the exact same boat as you they may be writing the books and not making the money and there's no way to talk about it because we all want to project success or feel successful or not feel like we're the only person at the party without any friends you know I think I think (laughs) people are not honest enough about it and it really felt when I was first talking to you about this it was so nice to just be honest with somebody and say this is exactly where I'm at this is where I want to be I don't know the gap between here and there I've got some ideas can we work on it together Um, so hopefully people listening to this will also feel like okay uh, I would also like to have someone to work on it with so either find a mastermind partner yourself be inspired by this to find that or Mm -hmm. listen along with us for that I'm really looking forward to our marketing audit next week hopefully people are Mm -hmm. having listened to this will be making their 2024 goals and really thinking about it as more than how many books will I write this year think about it from Mm -hmm. many perspectives and then next week they will join us for thinking about a marketing audit so definitely by this time next week I want to have a list of everything that I've tried that I think is marketing and how it's gone and whether I do it again and what I want to think about for going up, going forwards yeah same and
0: it's not even so much as having like the dreaded social media plan um, no. <laughs> we'll talk, about, talk about that next week because mm. I I'm, yeah I, I'll have to really like um get my thoughts in order for that (laughs) but it's not all about a social media plan Mm -hmm. there's so much more to it and it can it can be fun and creative and it can be more than trying just trying to convince people on instagram to buy a book that's Mm -hmm. that's really what i'm looking forward to to thinking about next week is what Mm -hmm. what are the other things that that will like help us move forwards
1: yeah i'm really looking forward to hearing yours um and to having a chance to think about what i have already done that has felt successful because i think we spend so little time reflecting on that it's always looking forward an audit of of our previous work done is going to be fantastic um yes. and looking forward to sharing that with you and hearing about everything that you've done and what has been successful and what will be successful when you take it further forwards yes
0: i am um yeah and well, my brain's already whirring so i'm gonna have to yeah <laughs> well, we'll <catch> yeah it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanna, I wanna get some notes made already. So I will look yes. forward to speaking to you next week to talk about those. And yes. hopefully, this has helped everybody else get some ideas together as well. So we will see you next week for Penta Paycheck Authors Podcast. Goodbye. You will. Goodbye. You've been listening to Pen to Paycheck.